the swamp. This is DC, bitches. I feel like Donald Trump. I say what I want. I go where I want. You are in the swamp with Marcella Aberdeen and Karina Gutierrez. Hi, this is Marcella. And this is Karina. And you're listening to The Swamp. Some people want to drain the swamp, but we love the swamp. And we just want to introduce you to some of our favorite swamp dwellers. Cool. So we're currently in the Georgetown Swamp, and we're here today with Mike Paulberg. Um, he is an associate at an associate fellow at the Institute for Policy Studies. He's also a journalist at The Guardian, Jacobin, New Republic, and The Washington City Paper, among others. Um, you can find him at his Twitter handle. It's mparlberg. So Mike also wrote a recent article in The Guardian. It came out last week. Um, and it's titled, Steve Bannon seemed indestructible, but with a fickle president, anything's possible. And the article was really addressing the fact that Steve Bannon had just been removed from the National Security Council. Um, so first of all, what's going, what is going on here? Like first you hear, you know, we had this whole thing like President Bannon and, you know, SNL is spoofing that this is the president. I personally, just to like, you know, insert myself, always thought that was a bit like, it was, you know, that seemed a bit far-fetched because Donald just seems like such a narcissist egotist that, like, it, it didn't seem... I don't think he's going to let anyone really run the show. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is that he was seen as, like, he's going to be the puppet master string puller, and now he he seems already to be losing favor um, with that move. So can you just talk a little bit about what, yeah, what's going on, what what, what happened there? Yeah, the funny thing about that President Bannon thing is it seemed to have worked. I don't even know if the yeah. people who were saying that really believed right. it. I think that a lot of people were saying that because they wanted to get under Trump's skin because they know he's so thin-skinned. Right. And that SNL skit, like, we know as much as he hates SNL, he watches it, you know, obsessively right. and tweets about it. So, like, they knew what they were doing when they did that, and it seemed to have worked. It got, like, it drove a wedge between well, that's, and Well, that's what the reports were, too, that Trump was so annoyed that yeah. they were thinking of him, him as the president, so he wanted to, like, take away his power. So you're like, it did seem to work. And it almost seemed like for a while, if he wanted to be popular in D.C., because, you know, this is a blue city, it, it almost seemed like it, it would, you know, it would be so simple for him just sort of take out Bannon and... Yeah, suddenly you'll be popular in D.C. It, I don't think he wants to be popular in D.C., though. That's, like, his whole appeal. Yeah. Like, but maybe that's, yeah. So you say, okay, you don't think he wants to be popular in D.C., and that's his whole appeal, but then then what is this going to do, just to jump a little farther, if he, like, it does seem like, okay, so re, more... Because re realistically, it would benefit him to build relationships with people in D.C. I think he's but, now just now starting to realize that. Right. I think before he's like, I don't care about the swamp mm -hmm. or any of the people in there. I'm going to show you a new... It's, it's of, okay for him, yeah, to have yeah, those And now feelings. he's realizing that. And I think it's not just, you know, him hurt, having hurt feelings over Bannon being president that, you know, people are saying that. I think it's also internally with Kushner... Um, vying to, you know, I, I think I think Bannon and Kushner did butt heads. Well, okay. Times. Apparently, this is a quote from the Daily Beast. Jared Kushner, perhaps the presidential aide who cannot be fired, is now in regular text message communications with Joe Scarborough. Roger Stone, a former longtime political advisor to Trump, claimed on Alex Jones, though, many of the anti-Steve Bannon stories that you see, the themes that you see on MSNBC's Morning Joe are being dictated by Kushner. And while Mr. Kushner's plate is very full with Middle Eastern peace and the China visit and so on, in this case, I think he's deserving the president. Mm -hmm. So 
is is that really happening? Is this like full blown? But and is it that happening? simple? Uh, Jared Kushner versus Bannon, or yeah, I don't know. It seems to be who who knows entirely. This is all like reading tea leaves. Right. Um, there's a lot of leaking going on, just like any administration and the leaking that is done. It's very deliberate. It's not like these secrets accidentally come out. No, like there are people with political agendas who want. Like Jared Kushner, like wants his side of the story to be told by Joe Scarborough, so he goes to Scarborough. Um, so it's actually kind of more transparent than most administrations, where you don't know where the leaks are coming from and who's behind them. Um, oh, but it's it you know it is like criminology in the sense like you're trying to interpret what's going on within this closed environment, which is increasingly paranoid from what we're hearing. Right, like people are like with work within the White House in the Oval Office are are assuming that everyone's leaking to someone else and trying to undermine their own position. Uh, but yeah, it does seem to be that there are two camps emerging, and it's the Bannon camp and the Kushner camp. And but what does that mean in four years? Then is he gonna if he's alienating like if he alienates the Bannon camp? Yeah, well, I don't think he can afford to entirely because mm-hmm. he did. So Bannon is, you know, let's just come out and say the white nationalist camp. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's what he is, and that's a significant. That's not all of Trump's base, but it's a significant part of Trump's base, and it's it's part of Trump's base that was really important at the beginning of his campaign in the primary. They were the guys who got him over Rubio and Bush and all that, you know? And, you know, when they kind of like trolled his way, you know, past all of his his Republican rivals. And Bannon is their guy. And, you know, he doesn't have as many allies in Washington and kind of like the power establishment here. I think Kushner and his, you know, his people are, you know, like they have more natural allies. But if and they're out and about too. Yeah. Jared yeah. and Ivanka have been doing the rounds. They, you know, it was reported, was widely reported, obviously, that they went to the alfalfa dinner. Um, and then actually, we ran into Ivanka about a week later at the Chinese embassy, <laughs> and that was an right. event that was put on by Meridian International Center, which is um, a really well-established organization here. So it's, they're out and about. Um. Well, I think they want to be embraced. Like, I mean, is that why? Okay, so foreign policy, like, to, sorry, we're just jumping around a lot, but it does seem like he's kind of flipped to the, so Trump has been on the record to be anti-attacking Syria, anti-attacking Afghanistan, and now we have that mother of all bombs today in Afghanistan. We have the missile strikes on the base in Syria, and it just seems like he's completely gone back on this, kind of, and is this, again, the Kushner influence and it does seem like he's being embraced by the establishment now so is this the Kushner kind of influence and so that article that came out in what the independent I think that said like the British ambassador told Theresa May that it was actually Ivanka yeah so yeah Ivanka grew heart and told her father to to to, to bomb which is really alarming because she does not have a seat and any committee that w- is allowed to make such a decision. And of course, she has an office in the White House, but she's not paid only because that would violate the law, the, the law. nepotism laws. You know, you know, if he could put her on a payroll, his payroll, he, he would. He would. He would. And I mean, I, also, I wonder though how, because she's worked side by side. So I wonder, you know, everyone's speculating. Well, what is she? You know, is she the one whispering into his ear? You know, she's the sensible voice whispering into his ear. But is it? I wonder if she. Um, you know, he just. It, when she's in a meeting with him and then the people leave, I wonder if he just trusts her judgment. Of, you know, is well, this a good person? Is it a bad person? Maybe. In your article, you were saying that this is being run like a. 
like a th- like a kind of sort of banana, banana republic, yeah. and it's a family thing, and the only people he really trusts are his family. Like, yeah. do you think? I think that's totally it. I yeah, mean, this I is something you. that, mm-hmm. that like, you know, I quoted this is from another article, but someone who worked in the State Department, foreign service officer, uh, you know, said like this reminds me of some of the, you know, third world countries that I've worked in, uh, where uh, you know it's like the family runs everything, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs knows nothing, and that's exactly what Kushner is doing. Like his job, it's not even that he's advise, advising the president on you know things that would affect him personally like he's he's running foreign policy he is the shadow secretary of state and the real secretary of state has no real power he's not being invited to meetings and rex tillerson yeah yeah and you know not giving uh you know he's not offering uh press conferences which you know like secretaries normally do on a regular basis and kushner is he's been explicitly given the job of of spearheading relationships the relationship with china relationship with mexico and the entire middle east it's insane so <laughs> and like what do we even know about guy. what is co- 36 year old guy and yeah what what do we know about kushner's like Your actual chair um, his, about his like his ideology i mean yeah so he was officially was a democrat before well, yeah, before this yeah. came on and you know he's the kind of guy who you know people in Washington feel like we can get along with. He seems reasonable, but again, he's a 36-year-old guy whose background is entirely in real estate, right. and you know there's talk is like oh he's like the idiot son-in-law. I don't know if he's actually a dumb guy, mm-hmm. but he's definitely inexperienced, and this right. is an administration that actually values inexperience, that is actually hostile to and suspicious of people who have experience and credentials that are necessary and they're only now starting to figure out that actually those are kind of necessary which is too bad because there have been um and not even from major from you know looking at it at at the policy that's come out but um you know just there's there have been so many missteps so many rookie mistakes that they really could have benefited from making those relationships Mm -hmm. in washington making those relationship with uh, those relationships with other republicans that yeah, maybe they weren't Trump supporters, but they've been around Washington for a while and they could have offered some great advice. Um, Which I yeah. think this whole power play that just went down, this is right. the result of that. They're realizing we can't do this alone. We need these relationships for better or for worse. So Bannon, who won us, helped us win in the election, now has to go. And Kushner, who's more likable by... DC people needs to stay and have a bigger, much bigger role. Yeah, it's definitely not that Trump is all of a sudden, you know, grew a conscience and is fed up with Bannon's racism. You know, yeah. it's not, that's not it at all. Um, and we know Trump will use people. And if, you know, they're no longer useful yes. to him, uh, they'll get the boot. And, you know, and of course he had a whole TV show where he, you know, he enjoyed he firing people. Well, I just to interject, I do have a quote from the New York Post interview he gave that he said, I like Steve, but you have to remember he was not involved in my campaign until very late. I'm my own strategist, and it wasn't like he was going to change my strategies. Steve is a good guy, but I told them to straighten it out, or I will. So there you go. Like it's like yeah, he doesn't. The knives he will, are out for him. I yeah. mean, it's always a bad sign if your boss is saying, "Like I like you, but." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straighten it out, or I will. I mean, he's. It's not so much that he has, uh, you know, an atrocious ideology, and, and you know, and let's not gloss it over. This is a guy who, you know, it's charitable to call him a crypto fascist. I mean, he like he openly mm-hmm. talks about how much he likes Julius Evola, you know. It's like fascist Italian philosopher. Mm-hmm. His his favorite book is Camp of the Saints, which is this, you know, crazy. Uh, it it's basically the the novel version of that white genocide myth that you know people on the far and right he's like to talk it about. Times. Yeah, he loves that book. Um, but it's also the fact that he was the architect of that of the Muslim ban, which got smacked down right. by the courts twice. The he was the one who that you know like when the the Republicans 
uh, yeah, in the healthcare bill, when the Republicans came to the White House and said, like, okay, here's what we want, he told them, like, get on board or, you know, or we're through with you. You know, he just, he insulted the Freedom Caucus, which is, you know, oh, a fairly right, right, power, right. powerful caucus within right. Congress. And so this is where Jeez. lack of experience really becomes Shows, obvious. And yeah. you can't actually get the things done that by the president wants to, thrower. yeah, by being a bomb thrower and just, like, just not knowing... Right. You know, with the, the the Muslim ban thing, like they didn't even run it by any lawyers, or like, or actually ask right. the Department I mean, of Homeland was, Security yeah. if they could do this. And the Department of Homeland Security is totally on board with banning Muslims, but they just said, just said like, well, if it's going to be legal, we should we can't ban people with green cards. Right. And so. Bannon said like, screw that, we're gonna we're gonna ban everyone. I mean, I think it's interesting, um, even going back to the quote that you just that you just uh, said, Marcella. Mm. Um, that President Trump made. I, when you think about protocol in Washington, D.C., you know, when the president comes into a room or, you know, when the president goes anywhere, it's it's all about the president in this town, you know? And, and if you work for an administration, you know, it's still all about the president. Um, so I, you know, so just looking at it from that perspective, I wonder if Bannon kind of overstepped some boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And so it's interesting, you know, it's just interesting. And going back to being inexperienced, these are things you just know from being around D.C., you know, if the first lady is in a room. Um, I, I've heard stories of people going to events. Um, this was during the Bush era. And, some, you know, somebody shows up in the same dress as the first lady and they leave immediately because it has to be about the first lady. That's kind of, you know, D.C. in terms of protocol. That, that's how people are, you know, they they understand it has to be about the president. Um, so it's interesting. I wonder... Um, he seemed to... It seems, he sort of, from the outside, yeah. that he did overplay his hand. Well, that, yeah. So maybe one of the good things about the Trump administration, what it'll, like, it'll bring down that level of deference to the office of the presidency when you realize any idiot can be president. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, getting back to, like, <laughs> Bannon, is he nice really out? <laughs> I mean, like... I don't know. It's it, I, you shouldn't be making. No one should be making predictions. But I think it would actually be hard for Trump to completely fire him because he does have he needs that populist, a base. Yeah. And you know, Bannon was the the head of Breitbart. He still right. has you know uh, he still has allies at Breitbart. He could very much he very easily go back to it. And a lot of people on the right, you know, Trump's base read that, and they're already starting to attack not Trump outright, but they're attacking Kushner. And and the policy. I mean, yeah. I've been reading that the alt right was really against this strike in Syria. And right. again, this plays to like, there was this article in. Now I'm, I'm not sure what it was in, but basically Eric Trump was saying that the Syria missile strikes put to rest this Russia, the Russia question. Um, so it's like now it's interesting. It's this pivot. It's like the alt right is pissed off about that that his base kind of was pissed off about the Syria strike, but you have. Eric Trump saying it's put to, to rest the Russia question, and the liberal media does seem to be quelled on that issue. So, like, yeah. again, like, what's going on? Yeah, the transparency here is, is it, amazing. Like, it, it clearly did not stop Assad from doing anything. Like, the planes no. took off from that airfield the next day. Right. They called Russia in advance right. to tell them they were striking so, like, no Russians would get hurt. So this was clearly for show. You know, it was, it was, it was not about stopping Assad or helping Syrians. It was Syrians. to get points, actually. It was, yeah. it was about looking There's tough. A certain base, yeah. yeah. But, but I also think, was it, do you think it was also about kind of shutting up his critics a little, this yeah, whole Russia thing? Because I, I feel like that's really, like, peop, you just, that I mean, hysteria saw, already seems I mean, to be I mean, you see how up. muted the, the reaction from Russia was. I mean, like, I don't, 
I don't like to get into the rough conspiracy theories just because, like, I don't know what's, right. what's going on. But I think I find it highly plausible that, you know, like, being that Trump gave an advance warning, he would also say, look, you know, would it be, oh, don't you think it would be in both of our interests that I would do a missile strike on, you know, an airbase where no one gets hurt? It doesn't mm -hmm. actually even hurt your ally, you know, like Assad. And that way people will get off my back about you, about right. Russia. You know? But then, okay, but then you have these quotes from Putin saying, and again, who knows what's going on, that Russian relations are worse now than under Obama. Right. Is that another... So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's really hard to see how much of this is for show and how much isn't. Usually really with Trump, on. it's pretty easy to see what's for show because he's a... You know, he's not a very clever guy in, in terms of, you know, hiding his, you know, his deeper motives. Someone like Putin, you know, who knows? There's probably multiple layers of what's being said in public, what's being said within the Kremlin. Right. So what do you what do you think, just to kind of wrap this up, like, how do you think this is going to play out? Because it seems right now, at least, like the Kushner establishment wing is winning. Do you, I mean, I know you said Bannon can't be completely discarded because of the base, but do you think his power, do you think it will continue to be a power player? Do you think it's going to... I mean, they're now trying to talk of like, like, oh, we're working it out. Mm -hmm. But obviously, that's not entirely true if, if they're still bad mouthing each other through leaks to uh, to people like Scarborough. Uh, there's other signs about uh, Bannon, if not completely out, being seriously disempowered because they had this office that, uh, that is kind of like think tank within the White House supposedly they was heading up and now the White House claims it doesn't exist even though they're like signs like sounds people have like taken Bannon pictures of signs on the checked. door yeah, yeah. He, 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 it sounds he, like he got checked like President Trump checked him and was like I mean right doesn't it sort of but I don't think I, so I think the alt-right is looking into this I mean, if if we care about what you know, like, but apparently they they are a fairly important you know group within the the base. Mm -hmm. They're looking at this in terms of oh my god, you know, Kushner is you know liberal establishment, which you know we also know is code for Jews. Uh, mm. But you know, like, it's, what is this it's, kook word? They're called Bannon oh, yeah. apparently calls them a kook. What yeah, does that cuck. mean? Cuck. Sorry, that, that's this ridiculous cuck. thing that like comes out of the alt right. Uh, I mean, they okay. So something I think is in, interesting about the alt-right and how they've marked themselves. Because these are, you know, people, they're internet trolls, essentially. Um, they're, they've been very good at getting media to pay attention to them in the way that they want to, which is a sense of, like, they're presenting themselves as a subculture rather than, like, far-right neo-Nazi, you know, like, uh, a fringe politics thing. Because that's not sexy. Um, mm. But all of a sudden, when you have a group that has its own lingo, they have their own haircut, you know, mm. called the fashy. They have, you know, their own memes. You know, and it's all kind of mysterious to outsiders who like kind of want to understand this coded language they use. Then it, you know, it helps them gain some kind of prominence. Right. Prominence. So they use weird uh, words, just like you know, people into punk rock or hip hop or whatever would mm. use. So cuck is one of their things that. Uh, so it comes from the word cuckold, which you know, it's mm -hmm. uh, you know, a man who likes to who gets off on other men having sex with his wife, and it's a whole genre of yeah. of porn. Um, and it's usually uh, very racially charged, specifically oh, like God. kind of like white men who get off on black men having sex with mm. their white wives. Oh. And this got turned into this thing where people on the alt-right started calling other people on the right who are not alt-right, which is to say like not mm. not racist enough, yeah. um, saying like you guys are cuckolds, you know, because you you let minorities do what they want uh, with you, and they started calling them cuck-servatives. Oh, and so that's the, pretty derogatory if Bannon's actually calling Kushner yeah. a cuck. Yeah, so, he's, so using language that's, first of all, it's like, open, wow, it's openly, it's openly racist, yeah. but it's also, like, it's, it's a message to the base. It's yeah. essentially saying, like, I speak your language. It's kind of like when you're, whatever, if you're part of some subculture and you're doing an interview with someone, you kind of, like, drop this, like, 
dog whistler, this like code thing to see like, look, I'm down with you. Right, you know? right. I'm right. just tired of them being called alt right. Well, I yeah, can call we'll, it we'll what call it is, Nazis. like Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's a nice way. It's, it's giving them legitimacy and a voice when you say alt right because you're falling into the game that they're playing, which is make us legitimate by just calling us, you know, alt right or using softer. other language. Just yeah. say it what it is, and it's jarring to call somebody a Nazi, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to alt right, you know, because people will pay much more attention. Like, what are they saying really? What are they right, doing really? Right, right. Just, you're oh, right. And of course, yeah. alt right is something new. Nazi is it's not new. new. Yeah, you know, like we know what a Nazi is. Anyway. Where did alt right even come from? I mean, well, Breitbart. so Breitbart <laughs> yeah, takes Breitbart, credit for this. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. like Bannon, you know, like he. They are you know, branding. He called himself, you know, branding, like his website, yeah. you know, like the the website of the alt right. So like he knows where his Base. butter is, you know, breaded on, you know, right. like, you know where his bread is buttered, and Trump knows that a significant portion of his base. So it's kind of like Trump has to make this this calculations like can he afford to lose right. the alt right? How is he gonna? Ha- yeah, may- how's he gonna balance and you know, that? Maybe he can, you know, because you know he used them again to get into office, but he's in office now, right. and mm-hmm. it's not like other presidents, even Republican presidents, have openly courted the white nationalist, you know, right, base. Right. Uh, you know, they they use more subtle means to do that, and I think Trump is not a subtle guy, but maybe other people could could, could tell him how to do that. He, he's not a subtle guy, but I think he's definitely created um, a really, really enthusiastic community of people who really love him. Well, I think that's, that's the other thing. Beyond that, really there's a base him. that just likes, they don't even care what he does almost. I feel like they just like that he's riles people up and riles shit up. And mm-hmm. like, maybe he doesn't necessarily, I think what he alluded to in that quote too, is he doesn't, he has a strategy. He doesn't need Bannon to be able to be this shameless, like rabble rouser. Yeah, he's a troll and he right. to other trolls. Yeah. He doesn't need, um, and I don't think a lot of people who voted for him, like, I think they just thought, whatever, we just kind of want to stick it to the man, or, yeah. what, I mean, he is the man. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we just right. want to be these kind of, like, contrarians. So, yeah, so yeah I think there's, like, him. there's been too, a little too much, I think, emphasis on this idea that what Trump represents is a new ideology, mm-hmm. is this kind of idea. Like, they're talking about, okay, so, na- you know, there is a rise of nationalism generally around the world, and it is this kind of new flavor of right-wing politics that's really not new. But in terms of kind of like the traditional left-right spectrum when it comes to especially economic issues, it seems like there are a lot of people in the nationalist right who don't really have a problem with the welfare state, don't really have a problem right. with Medicare and Social Security. Right. Um, you know, in fact, you know, are, are critical of aspects of rapacious capitalism, things like that. And so they act like, okay, so Bannon is that guy, so maybe that's the ideology Trump represents. Trump is a business guy. He is not... Right. You know, he's not a middle America, you know, like guy who was put out of work by, you know, by General Motors. No, like he, this idea that Kushner is, you know, seducing him into like the the pro-capitalist camp is, you know, is BS. I mean, like Trump was already always part of that that camp. He's willing to use the, you know, like the the internet trolls, the racists, Mm. the nationalists, the whoever, you know, to help get in. But you notice how little attention he paid once he got into office on a lot of the more nationalist planks platform you know he's like okay let's try to do this muslim ban oh it didn't work okay next next business right. you know like let's let's try to do like a new health care bill oh that didn't work okay next let's go on to tax reform right i think you know what he really wants his real base mm-hmm. is the guys he goes golfing with and those mm-hmm. are not the richard spencers of the world they're definitely not the you know the poor out of work auto workers of the world they're other real estate guys and that's yeah. You know, he trusts Kushner because Kushner is the family, yeah. and this is like you know Godfather right. type stuff. It's like you mm-hmm. never go against the family, but it's also because Kushner and the people around him, 
are more they're, they're like him. him. They're Manhattan, you know, rich guys, you know, who so in the end of the day, that, the same. But, but I will say also, um, so I'm I grew up in Michigan. I'm probably the only one who you know, from the you know more of the middle of the country. You guys are all East Coasters. I've flown over it. <laughs> Fly over so I, I mean I will say um, you know I have plenty of friends still in Michigan and they great people great people um, and you know th they're not racist they're not KKK but you know Trump they felt ignored they felt really really ignored so it's interesting what you're saying yeah but I think for some you know well he I think he, what he he created a you know there was a connection that he made with people who felt ignored well again that's his that's... like master branding of like i'll use you guys he understood that whereas the hillary team didn't like i'm going to use this disenfranchisement i'm going to do it but in the end of the day like <clears throat> his allegiance is to yeah. himself his I, thing and I, he'll use yeah. those I, people I, I to feel, get where he yeah. needs to be i feel the democratic dnc basically gave this one to trump yeah. because they took out the actual viable candidate which is bernie sanders mm -hmm. i went to west virginia um lately and and we were sitting there with people and you know or, or actually i'm sorry i met west virginians who had voted for trump and i you know we were like why why would you vote for trump these were business people that were working with my husband and they were saying well he seemed the only one that was not you know out there that was non-establishment and i thought is that your reason that you know so if you had had another option like bernie sanders mm -hmm. Would you have, you know, voted for that? And they're like, well, yeah, you, you know, we just somebody who just is not like a Hillary right. Clinton. Right. And I think Trump. Yeah. And not Clinton. You know, it's just not Clinton. So if I feel that the DNC just completely gave you know, it to him, and I think he understood not. that dynamic that he was did. going on, and just did. Used but, it. but I think you also can't deny how much his supporters love him and really will follow him. I mean, they really. You look at, you know, I turn on the TV and I yeah. see. You know, people, you know, or even all the people at his rallies. I mean, he got people to really oh, yeah, frenzy. follow him. Yeah. And do. these people are so loyal. They're so supportive of the president. Um, I, I just think that's interesting. I just, I, we, we keep talking about, you know, inexperience and this and that. Um, but when it came to connecting with voters, I mean, he killed it. Which is he what's really remarkable it. is the fact that he is, again, a real estate guy, yeah. a billionaire yeah. from Manhattan who like who lives in this gilded penthouse where gold. everything is gold, you know? And right. this is the guy who appeals more to that just middle America. That. I think that's that crazy. speaks to his branding skills. Is like yeah, he's a marketing personality. and branding. Marketing. And it's also, yeah. like our mysterious neighbor said, it's like <laughs> Hillary Clinton, you know, just like... Anyone. If it was anyone but Hillary, he might have lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think so. Only against Hillary Clinton would someone like Trump look like the anti establishment guy you know yeah. cool and interesting enough just oh, to bring okay. one more thing to Bannon yeah. that's another interesting thing about Bannon too like look at Bannon's background like he is oh, he's another the anti-establishment you know populist but candidate this guy has worked cool. in like every part right. of the country that the anti-establishment people hate he worked for Goldman Sachs yeah. in New York he worked for Hollywood, you know, he worked for Hollywood yeah. and then he worked for the Washington media he had his own Washington media outlet yeah. and now he's working and his know, backers the are the Mercers these New York yeah. billionaires yeah. so none of these people are they don't there's not one person that's actually base. a base yeah. outside or they just know how to speak to them and talk to them and I actually do think Bannon is a believer whereas Trump isn't mm -hmm. even though he comes from this background of like you know 
uh, Wall Street, Hollywood, I think he actually started to buy it. Because he was making all these documentaries about Sarah Palin. Yeah. And he was going around talking about the Tea Party. And he seemed to really believe, believe it. Whereas I think Trump was just using it. Yeah, no, he, he's an ideologue. And I think that's one reason why there's been so much press attention paid to him. Because we kind of like this idea that it's like, oh, someone's driven by ideas. It's, it's this kind of like West Wing idealists, right. you know, like liberal idealist uh, fantasy. It's like, oh, like politics is about sitting in your dorm room and having conversations about Thucydides and like whoever's like the smartest person in the room like gets their policy. Which is too bad because honestly, I think one of the strongest, uh, strongest aspects of, a you know, or the idea of a President Trump, one of the strongest points was um, that maybe we don't need another ideologue. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was time to have a CEO who would come <laughs> in and, you know, make sure things were being run uh, smoothly, cut out, you know, what's not working. Um, so it was well, interesting that it you, took this, you know. Yeah, and I do think you actually do hear that too. Some people are like, well, Trump is a successful businessman and maybe he will run this country. Like, you hear that too. Like, maybe he'll be successful. That could have been an interesting thought. Maybe we didn't need another ideologue. We just needed uh, somebody who was focused on the bottom line right. and results. Because, you know, Washington is a lot of, obviously, bureaucracy. Uh, people, and ideologues have gotten us into a lot of yeah. trouble. But people course, don't care about the bottom line, really, in Washington. You you know, you hear of all this overspending, you know, all the But, pork. of course, people have been getting elected to Washington, like, by saying, I'm going to run Washington like I run a business right. For, right. Like, for time yeah. immemorial. Yeah. Yeah. And first of all, obviously, that hasn't happened. If, if you right. think of a successful business as one that doesn't go into debt and whatnot. But also, like, that's a ridiculous analogy to make. Like, the federal government is not your... Who was it? Was it Delay who like ran a bug extermination business? You know, like, there are a lot of people in Congress who get elected to Congress because they are the most prominent person in their community. And mm -hmm. to be the most prominent person in the community, oftentimes you run whatever the biggest business is in that right. community. But in like a lot of small communities, you know, which is a lot of the country, like it's it's the local car dealership. There's like an inordinate number of car dealership owners or former owners who are in Congress. On like in like state legislators, I was I was in uh, excuse me Mississippi for uh, from work for a little bit, and I noticed like there's like a lot of funeral home operators who end up in like the state legislature there, and I think in a lot of places in the South. And it's just because like it's a big business, and you get to know everyone because everyone buys a car, and everyone you know eventually buys a funeral. And yet, it's not like those businesses have anything to do with state yeah, budgets or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Just like real estate is not the same thing as Washington. Yeah. Yet people get suckered into this idea. It's like I'm going to run, you know, I'm going to run my Washington like I run my business. And well, if if Trump runs Washington like he runs his business, that means he's going to go bankrupt five times, right? Right. True. Well, we'll leave it right there. Um, Thank you yeah, so much, Mike, you. for for joining us. Yeah, that was an awesome, Great conversation. interesting conversation. Thank you, Georgetown neighbor. Georgetown <laughs> neighbor, neighbor is going to be joining us, and maybe at the end of our series, we're going to have like a guess of who the Georgetown neighbor is. Yeah, <laughs> fun. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Mike, and talking to us about Spa World, talking to us about the power plays within the White House, um, and hopefully, yeah, we'll be talking to you more yeah. in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Thanks so much. DC bitches. I feel like Donald Trump. Hey. I say what I want. Okay.